1: Thank you, JJ, for that introduction, and I want to thank all my listeners from around the world. I know I've mentioned this a few times, but I am excited about mentioning it every single time, and that is we are now, as a new show, already in 51 different countries, and this is growing weekly. The reason this is a success is twofold, I believe. One is our guest's. Of course, and the other is our listeners. You both make it a success. I thank my listeners so much for what they contribute when they leave their comments and their reviews, and I also thank my awesome guests, every single one of them. And very often after I finish doing an interview, I'll listen back and I just sit in awe of people who have overcome incredible circumstances in their lives, incredible hurdles, and yet have become successful. And all of them, every single one of them, have a phenomenal attitude. And I think that is what rings loud and clear above everything else, is attitude, laughter, tenacity, determination. These things get you through and get you to realize your goals. With me today is Diana Cochran. She is a singer, and more than just a singer, which we're going to hear about, a songwriter, a producer, and a musical entrepreneur. She's a two-time Golden Guitar winner in the Australian Country Music Awards, which including Artist of the Year. And she is one of America, sorry, America, soon to be America, (laughs) but one of Australia's finest country vocalists. She has earned over 400 awards. I'm glad she didn't ask me to read them. (laughs) She has earned (laughs) over 400 awards. She has numerous number one hits, including an upcoming Hollywood movie opening theme, which she will share with us today, I hope.
2: Now, welcome, Diana. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's going to be fun. The first <laughs> thing that I want to ask you when I was reading over your bio and I just got tickled by it, and that is you have the ability. Now, first of all, people, when they, when they listen to it, they can hear it in your voice. You know, you're a sweet young thing as we would <laughs> <laughs> But you're a beautiful young woman and I understand you have the ability to break down and rebuild a motor engine. So my first question Uh to you is why?
2: Okay, well... Um, I feel like that is exaggerated because my publicists obviously write these, you know, write these, uh, these bios, but I mean, I guess it's not, but I would just hate for anybody to rock up on my, rock up on my doorstep and say, can you put the (laughs) engine in my car? So the truth is, yes, I have very much done it. My, my dad is, um, was a mechanic. He, he is passed, but he's, um, he was a mechanic. And, uh, the deal was when I got my first car was that we bought this old car and I had to put the new engine in it. So, um, or he taught me to do it. So, and I had to buy him a case of beer, and that was, <laughs> and that was his pace, his payment for doing that. So, we I have very much replaced an engine in a car at the car at the ripe old age of uh, seventeen. And um, but since then, I I acquired my dad's skills right through my childhood. So, I absolutely can fix cars to to a basic level. Um, you know, I can do. All of the, the good stuff, like replacing brake pads, and, and uh, I do all my own services and all those sort of things, but I would prefer never to have to <laughs> rebuild an engine again, if that's okay.
1: So, so you, you don't have it as a backup career in case anything happens, right?
2: I, I really don't. I do it <laughs> I do it because I love to take care of my own vehicle, and uh, that's about as, as far as it goes. So I'm pretty good at diagnosing things and fixing things on the fly, but that's about it.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. How old were you when you started to sing? I mean, I think that's the general question, as most successful uh, vocalists have been asked. How old were you, and how old were you when you knew it was what you were going to do the rest of your life?
2: You know what? I think I always knew, and uh, I know that sounds really bizarre, but I I was, Mum said that I was singing before I was talking so i was humming and 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 holding full tune of things before yeah. I, yeah before i was actually speaking in in normal language normal english language i was singing words rather than than speaking them so i think that and you know, when I was a little kid, people would say, "What would you? What do you want to be when you grow up?" And and I would either say a park ranger because I loved animals, or I would say an artist because I could draw. And uh, so I would always answer that. And they said, "Well, that's good if you work hard." And you know, the the typical adult response. But I would respond and say, "No, I can't be either of those things." And they would say, "Why?" And mm. I and I would say with a really disappointed voice, because I'm going to be a singer. <laughs>
1: So you didn't have a choice in the matter and you were very discouraged about that at a oh, young age.
2: Exactly. I had no choice. And it was just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, there's lots of things I want to do, but what I'm actually born to do is a different thing.
1: <laughs> and now you're loving it.
2: I do love it. I, I, would never, I would never change the years that have gone by, that's for sure.
1: I read also that you have an octave range that reaches seven octaves. Can you tell us about that? That is phenomenal.
2: You know, I think that, see, that's another thing. I've never officially been tested. I would like to get tested on that. I I definitely have fifth octave and uh, we suspect seventh octave. I've always been naturally able to reach high notes. And uh, even if I have a cold, most people's, High notes go when they have a cold, and they sort of, you know, they they shift all their songs down a key so they can sing them when they are uh-huh, uh-huh. feeling well. I'm the opposite. I'll shift it up a key because my high notes remain fully intact. So um it's just a, a few years ago, I did go to a, uh, a a void a vocal or a throat ear, nose, and throat specialist. Yes, yes, and, uh, and they, you know, they shoved that camera down my throat how delightful and um just to make sure everything was okay at the time and uh and he said that my vocal folds actually went inside out so which was a bad thing he told me that i needed to go and get speech therapy because i was speaking and singing the wrong way and um but i i think it was just how i was kind of born and there's a reason why i hit high notes with great ease and i you know i mean i hope it's not damaging it certainly doesn't hurt so we'll you know but um yeah something unique I guess to throw in the mix
1: well you've also been singing for a number of years so by now if it was a problem you would have uh, recognized that I would assume
2: I believe so yeah I think I think when I was a little kid it was kind of a bit scary that someone would tell me that I was singing the wrong way and I'd lose my voice but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know I have I have one I think you can lose your voice over anything emotional issues as well and I have exactly Yeah, and I have wonderful friends who who sing the right way. They're vocal teachers. They have all of these, you know, these wonderful um, skills in singing correctly and they've lost their voices. So... I don't think we can predict what's going to happen with that sort of thing. So I hope I never do, but I certainly don't suffer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Can you take us through the first steps to realize your dream as a singer and just walk us through what you, you know, what your first um, goal was, how you accomplished that, anything you would like to share as far as your road to
2: success? You know, it was. I sang, for, I sang right through my childhood and uh, when I was sort of between 11 and 16, 17, I was attending a lot of uh, talent quests and little things that were just sort of going on around Australia that mum and dad would drive me to. Mum and dad, they never pushed me. They were just happy to take me wherever I was happy to go. Um, we didn't have a lot of money so that was, you know, it was never something that you could pump a lot of money into. <laughs> Luckily it wasn't expensive to do that except for, the petrol in the car or the gas in the car, you know. So um, so I did that a lot and then – but I kind of – I really was going with the flow. I think I always wanted to win a golden guitar, which is Australia's version of CMA, which is a country music award. Okay. Um, that was a huge goal, but I legitimately never saw it as a serious goal. I, I never thought that I was even within – within, it just wasn't in reach for me. And I know that sounds like it sounds terrible. And I was giving up, but it wasn't that I was giving up. I was just, I just never put myself in that caliber of artist and that it was always my destiny to just, you know, sing at the local pub. Um, so I never specifically targeted goals and I still don't. I feel like it's almost like they you know, the old saying, um, life happens while you're busy making plans. I feel like your career happens while you're busy making goals, you know. Um, And so I've never been – there are things that I would love to do but I don't set my sights on them and then attack them in any specific way. I just work my butt off no matter what corner or realm of area of of my career that is. that is. And I feel like if you do just work your butt off and, and sing everywhere you can and, you know, do the right things and treat people right on the way, I do feel like the rewards come back and ultimately you'll probably have one of those little things that you have sort of had, you know, in the back of your mind that you wanted will be one of those things that comes back to reward you. Um, when I recorded my first record, um, was it was literally just for my sake. So I always wanted to record an album. I recorded an album. I had nothing to do with people within the industry um, and I took it home. I, I printed, I think, 500 copies so I could sell or give to my friends and family and I travelled home at the time, which was 1,200, um, sorry, about 700 miles um, to to home after I'd recorded this and I was taking a couple of copies home for my mum and dad And I just simply dropped into a radio station on the way, like in my car. And I said, hi, I just, uh, like my local, sort of the closest (laughs) station to home. And I just said, hi, I've just recorded a CD. I just wanted to give you a copy because, you know, and just thank you for playing all my favourite music through the years and all the rest of it. As I drove through the gates out of that radio station, they played the first song (laughs) instantly. And I remember hearing it on the radio and legitimately having this gut feeling that I was now a contender. So it sounded like it belonged there. It was not as though I was listening to it and delighting in my own artistry. (laughs) It was more. It was more of a gut feeling that this song belonged on the radio, and I, I drove out and went. Hold on a second. I think this is a little bit more than what I thought it was going to be. Anyway, cutting a long story short, um, eventually on the radio it was heard by my record label, who then called me up, and I was signed within about within a few months of negotiation. I, I had a record contract. So yeah. There
1: you go. That is so incredible what you said about that you just knew instinctively at that moment that you that it belonged on the radio and I think that is something that probably many artists of different you know areas realize and they have yeah. to hold on to that.
2: I 100% be- agree. We doubt ourselves a lot. I think it's not really about the external doubt or the things that you're thinking in your head consciously or the things you might be saying to your husband or your friend consciously. It's about an inner, a, a, an inner depth of, of feeling that knowing, yes, of just knowing in your gut. Like, and I can't tell you the amount of times, even in the last year, where I've just gone, oh, what am I doing? You know, like I just keep doing this, and even though I've had success, why do I keep going? And you know and um and then but then in my in my gut I just know I'm meant to. So what
1: are you doing? Do you do mostly studio work and creating new um album songs etc or are you doing concerts? What do you um do mostly?
2: A bit of everything at the moment because the album—it's kind of—it comes in phases. So at the moment, because my album in America, aptly titled, is um is out, I I do a lot of traveling around to radio stations. So I sing them songs live, and we we try and get them to play the album basically. And um, it's as we speak, the the single is sitting at number. Um, number 67 on the music row charts which is amazing I never thought that I would hit a chart in America but I have um and and that's basically from the 46,000 miles that I traveled all by myself last year <laughs>
1: 46,000 miles how many times around the globe
2: <laughs> ah, well no that was me driving that was no my-
1: way are you kidding me I'm not kidding Oh, I'd my goodness. Sorry, exactly. Did your <laughs> car break down? You have to fix it on the side
2: of the road? <laughs> actually, well, the, the, the first one did. I now have a, a new car, but, um, the yeah, the first one did, actually, at the beginning <laughs> of last year, so I did have to fix it myself. So Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah no sorry I guess that um it 's just at the moment my job is traveling around and getting my songs and my music to the people because now that i 've created that and and done all of that in the studio that 's my job now is to is to get it out there
1: and you 're enjoying it.
2: I love it that my favorite bit is driving and meeting the real America, you know small country towns and mm-hmm. visiting places that nobody else does and that 's a big goal of mine there's lots of artists who refuse to go to smaller towns and and to smaller radio stations, and, and I've, you know, I said to my radio promoters in my label, I, I just said, I don't care where it is, I'm going. You know, if, if they play my music, I'm visiting them. So, yeah, so it's a few more miles to come, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> that's amazing because that's, that shows humility, and humility yeah. comes through loud and clear, and it's something you can be proud of if there's such a if you could be proud of humility, but it's definitely something to be proud of that you want to include everybody that your fan base is not just you know the important people, but it's everybody anywhere
2: absolutely, and I think everybody should be like that it's It's a real shame I mean you know unfortunately, in the entertainment business, it does happen too much where people sort of have an ulterior motive for everything and mm-hmm. um, And I, I quite sincerely just don't. I, and it's not because I'm saying that's a bad thing because I was certainly told by previous labels that I needed to, to start going to events for certain purposes. And you need to talk to this person, you know, regardless, yeah, you know, regardless. And it's like, well, if I like them and I want to spend an hour with them, then that's why I'm going to spend an hour with them because I like them. Um, and, it, and mostly and it's not just because I'm trying to do it that way. I quite legitimately I can't fake it, so to speak. I'm just I'm just not that girl. You will see straight through me if I'm pretending. Mm. If I you can see straight through me. I'm just and I've and I know that about myself and as a result, if it's not real, I don't do it.
1: Don't you think that that's also going to help you from burning out?
2: Uh well, I would love to say yes, but I'm pretty sure I've hit burnout a couple of times. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I think you are. I think you're right. Emotionally burning out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could be right. I've never thought about it that way, and that's that's yeah, that's that's a great one.
1: I well, think- it's because you're following your passion. You know, people. I think that burnout are pushed a lot of times into doing things they really don't want to do. But when you follow your passion, there's always that desire that keeps you going that I am doing what I want to do. I'm following my passion and it gives you that energy and that strength that you normally wouldn't have under different circumstances.
2: I, yeah, I agree. I I certainly agree. I haven't burnt out to the point where I've stopped. So that's, that's a good, that's definitely a a good sign. But um, yeah, I think, keeping it real, so to speak. I, I know that people love that saying, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure how many people live by it. And uh, it's a Good point. <laughs> very, very good point.
1: Tell us about some of the hurdles that you had to overcome because I'm sure that there were many. Are there any in particular that, that get, got you to a place where you just didn't know if you were going to be able to overcome this and yet you did?
2: carol i've got to be honest with you they they happen probably once a week you know or twice a week and they're not small either there it's the i try to explain this to my family who aren't in the music business they're musical but they they just never Mm -hmm. pursue in music and it's very it's very difficult and i've spoken to many artists who struggle with family members who are not in music to explain to them just how tough it is and um You know, because sometimes they just won't understand why you do the things that you do or the way that I might, you know, whatever it may be. It's not a normal life. It's an incredibly critical life. We spend, for every person who tells us that our music is great and they're going to help us or they're going to support us, there is probably 200 that have told us no. Really? Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's an extraordinarily tough business. And some of the most talented people in the world. I have no doubt that the most talented people in the world will never be known, because it's not just about talent. I think you do have to have the talent, but there's an ex- it's it's an extraordinary strength within a personality that will actually make it in this business um, more so than the talent. So I, I feel like the talent is secondary almost and um and i know plenty of talented people that just on a personal note just could not just could not fight through the business and um it's the highs are incredibly low but the uh, sorry the highs are incredibly high and wonderful um but the lows are plentiful and very low so look i mean there's there's many times i mean i've you know, I, I ended a record deal in Australia and didn't know where I was going to go. I've I've been in situations where I've had money and then I've had situations where I've lived out of the back of my car. Um, last year even, I mean, I moved to America and I sold everything to move here. So um, I, w- I lived a pretty lush lifestyle in Australia and I gave all of that up to start again at the rock bottom in America because... When a lot of people don't realize, but when you move to America in my, in my field, you are only allowed to make money from that field. So I can't get another job like most artists can. So Mm. a lot of artists are bartenders or whatever the case may be, you know, by day or by night or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and then they pursue their, their music and support their music from that job. I unfortunately couldn't have that luxury. So I knew that everything that I sold back home was going to, that money was going to go in the bank and it was going to dwindle rapidly um, because I was never able to get a job. So I lived off my savings and uh, I signed my record deal last year. So they, they, although I funded my album myself, the record label are helping me with promotion. Now it's not the budget that it used to be because the music industry has declined so much. So they give you a tiny budget that i'm very grateful for and they are wonderful by the way but you know but it's just not the same as it used to be and it's not really as possible to to push things over the line with it so i made the decision last last year that i was going to camp all the way around america so instead of paying for motels um, or hotels um, i basically i didn't take any musicians on the road with me it was just me and my guitar and I pitched a one man tent in, you know, literally on the side of the road all over the United States while I was doing that, those 46,000 miles. And um, it's the only way to stretch that budget. And uh, we're still living on the budget that was owned, that was in, it was meant to be, it was meant to run out by December. And uh, <laughs> we're still living on it. And I, I credit it to the tent. <laughs> Tenacity
1: is your middle name. <laughs>
2: Oh, I think so. I think so. And then you know what, Carol, I went home for Christmas. And uh I mean it's summer so it's all lovely and everything in Australia, but um, you know, I went home for Christmas and my brother said, Oh, it's so great that you're home. Let's grab the kids and go camping <laughs> And you said I just gave him I gave him the <laughs> filthiest look. I just said, uh Okay, but we're going to be taking a blow up mattress and I'm going to, it's going to be glamping. You're going to be taking yeah. good care of me. I'm telling you that much.
1: <laughs> so, of the various things that you have, well, tell us about some of the awards to start with. 400 awards is an is a incredible number of awards. What are some of the ones that you're the most proud of?
2: Look, there are 400 awards, and that's legitimate. My mum has them in a shed that has been built specifically for them in the backyard. <laughs> um, but uh, but a lot of them are small awards, so a lot of them are from my talent quest days. Okay, um, okay, exactly. So that's how we amounted to the 400 awards. But um, the major awards that I've that I've had in my professional career have been amazing. So I ended up with two CMA awards. Um, uh, golden guitars in Australia, and one was for Best New Talent um, and the other one was for Female Artist of the Year. Um, I've also been awarded uh, Independent Artist of the Year um, and uh, I've also had numerous awards from the military for, for performing um, for the troops in Afghanistan, um, Kuwait, uh, Cyprus, Egypt and Solomon Islands. I'm proud of them all. I just, you know, they're, it's it's incredible when I look at them and think when I was a little kid in Talent Quest that, you know, I used to sing. The, the people that won these awards, I used to sing their songs in Talent Quests. Mm. I look at these awards now and I know from the fan mail that I get from, from young artists who are like 14 and they're attending Talent Quests and they tell me that they're singing my song in a Talent Quest and I tear up every time. doesn't matter how many times they tell me that. I tear up and I very much remember the position that I was in And I also wonder which one of those kids is going to be the one who pops out the other end winning Golden Guitars because I think there was only one from my generation of Talent quests, and that was me. So I wonder, you know, which one of those is is going to be the one. And I'll tell you what, it was always the kid that was least competitive. Really? Yes. It was always the kid without the stage mums. So no stage mums, no stage dads. And the kid that never fought with anyone. So I've noticed that through the years. It was always it was always the kid that was well behaved and just and went there and, and sang the little heart out and made friends. And um and that's that was what was important. I've noticed through the through all of those talent quests that it was always those kids who who just maintained um, you know, the keeping it real attitude that that actually popped out the other end with a career. Well, that's
1: like you were talking earlier, or like that yeah. I mentioned about being humble, you know, Absolutely. and being, being real is I think part of being humble.
2: Absolutely. And
1: obviously, you are not somebody that's going to toot your own horn, because everybody else can do it for you. <laughs> you don't have to so that's good I mean I can see that even as a young child like you said the stage mums. I mean they can just get in the way and there's an arrogance and an attitude that comes with that that
2: I I think so, and I think that they can harm their children as well. And I'm sure that they don't realise that. I know that there is no mum that wishes harm on their child. Um, But, you know, it it can be – and I think they just want the best for them, and that's how that happens. But I just remember my mum being – like, my mum is a very gentle person in general. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even if someone told her to take that job on, I think she'd struggle with it. So. (laughs) um my and my parents were very country very sort of laid back um sit in their chair and just sort of go with the flow type people so um yeah Uh, look I mean it it might be different in other genres I have heard of many stories of of being highly competitive being important in other in other genres but in country I think you really do need Mm. to authentic I really do
1: now tell us about what's next
2: well, as I said, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be tapping up those miles again. So it'll be another, probably another 46,000 miles of driving this year. Um, hopefully we'll have a new single coming out. So my first single was called God Did Good and uh, it's on the radio now and it's going great guns. So we're going to let that one ride the charts and see how high we can get it. I've been told that the second single is the most important one. So the first one is the introduction and then once they know you, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have the best luck with the second one. So, And, you know, that gut feeling, the, the second song that I'm going to be releasing, that's the one that I get the gut feeling with every time I hear it. Oh, that's really – did you write it? I did. I did write it. And did you and, write you
1: know, uh, God Dead Good as well?
2: I did. I wrote all the songs on my album. They're all true stories from my life. So, and, uh, yeah, and I, I just got that – I just get that gut feeling. And when they actually said to me, that they were releasing "God Did Good" as a single, and and I in no mean in no way is this a, a negative comment on the song because it's it's definitely you know in my eyes it's a hit country song. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very proud of it, but um, I just remember thinking to myself, but my gut tells me it's you know it's the other song. My gut tells me. Hmm. And then when I told my publicist that after they'd chosen it, I said, I, I just have to share this with you, but I'm pretty – my gut tells me it's the other song. And she said, well, that's actually a good thing because you're supposed to go in with your strongest one second.
1: Can you tell us the name or is that uh, still a secret?
2: Uh, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you the name. It's, Thank You For Cheating On Me is the, is the second one. So I've always had a gut feeling about that little one. So. Yeah. And that's on iTunes
1: already or no?
2: It is, yeah. It's, it's on the In America album and I think it's track two. Oh. The-
1: so the next thing is to get back on the road.
2: It is. Get back on the road. And, do some uh,
1: do some more singles.
2: It takes a long time to re- meet 350 million people. No
1: kidding. So you're gonna are you going to gonna, gonna do some of the same cities or are you going to hit some new ones?
2: Uh, probably some of the same, but I'm I really want to mix it up. So I've got a little map on my wall of the United States and I've got pins everywhere. And uh, I intend to not be able to see the map by the, you know, by the end of my lifetime at least. So um, it's just, I think that every time you ask me this question, uh, you know, if we talk again in 12 months and you ask me the question again, I'll probably say, I'm just going to hit the road, Carol. That's (laughs) what I'm doing. I'm just driving. What am I doing? I'm driving.
1: (laughs) You might have to get a new car by then.
2: I think so. My (laughs) poor cars. I certainly wear them out. I'll tell you that much. No kidding. Yeah.
1: You are a delight. I mean, oh. I appreciate your attitude, and that's what to me well that's what this show is about anyway, because I always believe that attitude's gonna get you through, no matter if it's overcoming a hurdle or gaining success in whatever arena that you choose to be successful in, and you definitely have fit that mold of I'm never giving up, I'm going forward, I love what I do i you know the whole thing you said about not being goal orientated that that's interesting because you really are. <laughs> that map on the wall is your goal
2: (laughs) that that's actually that's actually very true but I think that they're just not the standard ones that people have it's like do I want to win a Grammy absolutely I want to win a Grammy but I don't put that at the end of the timeline and go okay here's all the things we need to do Mm -hmm. to win a Grammy because I think that is then that's when you for me personally that is not the right way to do music because music is about getting to the people. And in turn, the Grammy might come, you know, um, but so, so my goal is to get to the people that, that probably is the correct answer for what's your goal. But, um, you know, I I don't know any artist who wouldn't love to win a Grammy, but I just don't, I just don't put it on the goal board because I think that, um, you know, that's when things get dangerous.
1: And because of that, it's probably going to happen.
2: Uh, well you know we'll we'll see well Well, I
1: I listened to uh God did good I loved it no I really really liked it it wasn't your typical country music type song I loved your voice thank you I loved the words I loved the guitar it was just it was excellent I really really enjoyed it and I really want to promote you the song and of course the second song that's even going to be better. So if this one was that good, the second one is going to be even better. That's that's something to look forward to. And I thank you for sharing that. You're a real person. Oh, yeah. Well, it turns out. <laughs> You've accomplished your goal, right?
2: <laughs> I think so. Every day, You know what? Just working in music is 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 the goal every day while ever I maintain a job making music then I'm doing what I was put here to do and Mm -hmm. I've succeeded so and that's what you've got to do I mean I every day there is something for me to a hurdle for me to jump over because it it is tough and um there's not a minute I mean there's not a day where there's you know there's not a minute where I just go what am I doing this for you know, because something tough may have happened or you just realise that you've gone broke yet again, um, you know. But it, it you just, for some reason, if you're doing what you're meant to be doing, for some reason your legs just walk there, your voice just sings there, you're you know, these things just happen without any choice.
1: Well, it's a little as you're talking, I'm thinking of like the tortoise and the hare. I'm sure you know the story. Mm. You know, the the hare who's going gung ho and going to win the race and ends up tiring out where the tortoise just keeps his, you know, his his level of steady, 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 yes. and I'll get there and he gets there.
2: That is true. And you know what? That's such a famous story that we use so much for kids. Yes. So many different analogies. I have never once put that that alongside of my music career, and I actually love that you've done that, that you've given me something today with that because it's just such a simple little children's story. Mm -hmm. And I think just from you telling me that, I'm going to get a big fat picture of a (laughs) tortoise. And go, and he's my friend now, and I'm going to ride along with him. Because I just, I love that. I would, I would love, la- I'd rather be the, the tortoise. People don't shoot tortoises. so Oh, <laughs>
1: well, there's another reason. Right? Yeah, exactly,
2: right. <laughs> just as long as they don't get run over on the road, right? That, that's true. That's true. I always pull over and put them on the side of the road. So okay. They- I was going to say, you
1: probably have run across a few of them in in, in all the miles that you've put on.
2: I do and I'm I'm one of my biggest passions in the world is animals. Animals are my doesn't matter what animal, I'm a huge animal liberationist and I um you know, and I will I will pull over if I see a harmed animal. So there's been a lot of tortoises that I have pulled over and put to the other side of the road.
1: (laughs) And I appreciate that in you because as my listeners already know, I'm a dog rescuer and we've rescued over thirty dogs. And I've had people on here that I've interviewed who have rescued animals in my my heart just, you know, does that extra pitter-patter because they are so defenseless are. and in so much need of love and they give so much unconditionally.
2: I they really do. So, well, I love you for that. Thank you so much. Animals, I probably have a passion for animals even more so than music and I think that it's probably because they are defenseless in a lot of ways. So,
1: Well, yeah. someday when you settle down and you're knitting in your rocking chair, you'll probably have a... <laughs> Listen to your own music, you'll probably have lots of uh, critters around you, right?
2: That's the uh, that's my biggest downfall of this business. I travel too much. I've rest. I I have one cat that I couldn't find a home for, who's literally sitting by my side right now. Four four years later, we haven't found a home for you yet, Tiggy, have we? <laughs> I'm I'm just picking on her. She's never going, but. You know, that, that's one of my greatest regrets. I grew up with a menagerie of rescued animals. That's what my family... And uh, unfortunately, that's not something I can do right now. But it, that will happen. Retirement will see me uh, with a paddock full of every walk of life, you know. So,
1: <laughs> And heading the troops will be the tortoise. Thank you again, Diana. Uh, we you. are definitely going to be following you. I do put it on your calendar. I do want to interview you, let's say, six, eight months down the road. Let's talk again just talk about some of the things that you have, you know, that have happened in the past few months. I'm, I know you'll have more to share and you are, as I mentioned a few times already, a delight.
2: Well, thank you so much. I've, I've gotten so much from um, talking to you as well. So it's important for you to know that and I really appreciate it. Thank you. And we will
1: talk to you again.
2: Ciao. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope. Featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of 5 stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.